All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey there. We at Blue Wire just wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this podcast. We know everything outside is pretty scary and uncertain, but we're committed to helping you get through your day by talking about the sports and teams that you love most. If you're looking for more great podcasts to distract you, check out BlueWirePods.com. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the podcast and stay safe. This is a Web Canopy Studio production. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Dropping the Gloves. John Scott and Tim Wurzberger. I hope everyone is doing well on this Friday, Friday morning. Tim, how you doing? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. How about you? You know, I wish we could say we're doing a little better in the Scott household. Um, my wife's a little, little run down today. A Why's little, that? You know, so she obviously is pregnant. She's getting close to the finish line. She's due in nine weeks here. And... When you're pregnant, you you produce more blood because the baby needs more blood to survive, to grow, et cetera, et cetera. So your body produces more blood. When you do that, you got to figure out ways to get that blood moving around. So what she does is three days a week, she'll run up and down our stairs. And we have, we're a three-story home. So it's like up, a landing, up, a landing, up, a landing. So each stair has like two little parts to it. And so she does that every, every other day and she does it 10 times and we'll just see her going up and down. Like, wow, it looks pretty hard. So we came up with this idea where let's race and time each other and all the kids got into it. And so we had the race yesterday and the stairs, the rules were you had to touch every step with your foot. And so that just ruins my advantage right there because I could take three at a time and it's, you know, dust everybody. But we had to touch every step. And because there's so many turns, there's one, two, three, four, five turns that limits my advantage also because I am a big body and it takes me a while to, you know, go, go for a turn. So we did the race. Um, I won. My eight-year-old daughter came in second. My six-year-old daughter came in third. My wife came in fourth. But she is, like I said, 31 weeks pregnant. So... We did that yesterday morning. We went through the whole day and we kind of had a busy day walking around. I was doing mulch outside. We were, you know, dumping off loads of garbage at the dump and it was a busy day. So 
fast forward to last night, we were, we were sitting down and my wife just looked out of it. I'm like, what's wrong? She's like, I just don't feel good. I feel like I'm going to faint. And so she went and lied down on the couch at like 7.30, 7 o'clock-ish, maybe 7.45. And then she just passed out for the whole night. And I guess when you have more blood in your system, you need iron to do something with it, supplement it or keep the blood um, oxygenized. I don't know what the medical stuff is. So she was out cold. She's like, I didn't have any iron today. I didn't eat any meat. I'm just like really, really faint. And so I went and got her like a sulfate, sulfate tablet and she drank some orange juice and she seems a little better this morning, but she's still, she's still not running a hundred percent right now. And so I got all five kids. I'm doing the podcast. It's just a busy morning. I threw a show on for them. They're watching uh, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, which is good. But yeah, it's a, uh, it's never a dull moment here, Tim. Never a dull moment. Do you find that it get easier and easier the more pregnancies you guys go through though? Well, I feel like it just becomes routine where if this would have happened three pregnancies ago, we would have panicked. You're like, oh my gosh, what's going on? You feel faint. Oh, how is the baby doing? Should we go to the doctors? Like we've been calling all our friends. But now it's at the point where we've, you know, we've been through this before. We know it's funny the way the body works. When a woman is pregnant, like the body will protect the baby at all costs and the woman could like her heart, arm could be chopped off she couldn't have eaten in three days like she could have a huge like massive high fever and the baby will be perfectly fine because that is like priority number one in the woman's body is to keep that baby healthy so i'm sure everything's fine you know especially when you're this late in the pregnancy the baby's fully developed like it's got all the bells and whistles and now it's just growing so it's uh it's fine it's it's perfectly fine. My wife just needs a, a little break today, which I'm obviously giving her by doing my podcast in the basement and letting five <laughs> kids roam around. So that's good. Good, good dad. Dad of the year right now. And then Mother's Day is around the corner. So really, really good. <laughs> but anyways, so we're doing all right. Is, is the same thing happening around your house, Tim, around this time? Oh, yeah. A lot of craziness. A lot of stair running. A lot of pregnant people. It's just it's nuts here. How many stairs do you have in your house? <laughs> none i live not on one, one stair one floor i mean there's, i live on the second floor so i but that's not inside my apartment yeah. i i did see tim riding his bike the other day i was driving with my kids we were heading to the um aforementioned dump to drop off a load of garbage and um they said who's that creepy man riding the bike and i was like oh that's hockey puck tim and it was um tim riding his bike downtown with a disgusting mustache um it's and sunglasses now. It's, it's gone, gone now, now. Yeah. he shaved it right after i told him that comment so no pressure got no to him. i had already shaved it i don't know it was the last time i saw you you had it then i made that comment then i saw you again and you did not have it so i don't know i'm not a, a detective but <laughs> that's just the way i see it peer pressure anyway so another interesting thing happened last night you sent me a text about brandon lips lipistic Leapsick. Brandon Leapsick. Leapsick. Yep. Brandon, worst name. Brandon makes me sick. Leapsick. Um, so, how many times have I said throughout the show, players need to stay off social media? You basically say it every episode. It is almost my mantra. And I know this wasn't public information, but anytime you say negative things or derogatory comments or anything that could get you in hot water, there's a good chance that that will happen. And this dummy was, I don't know how it worked, but he was in a personal 
chat with one of his other friends who was a hockey player in the uh, Panthers organization. With, with a few guys, I think. The few guys. Yeah. And they were just throwing barbs, which is perfectly fine. I understand that. Like, it's not perfectly finally backtrack. I understand if they're in a private chat and they're throwing out know, little digs here and there. He overstepped the bounds a little bit. He he went a little too far. I, I, I will give him a pass on chirping his teammates because we all do that. Everyone throughout the league does that all the time. Where I'm sure guys have chirped me before. But whether you're sitting on the plane or you're on the bus and you're just venting, and you're like, oh, my gosh, did you see that? Like the D-man, the D can't even get the puck to the forwards. Look at that. Like he's just brutal. And you chirp him. And it's just venting. And it is what it is. And every single player in the league does it. That is a given. So I, I, don't, I don't fault him for chirping um, Hathaway and Dowd, calling them losers, whatever. What crosses a line is when you make comments about other guys' wives. Oh, yeah. Gosh. That is too much in a, ter- in a bad light. Like, you can make comments about another guy's wife. Oh, she's beautiful. Like, she's really, really nice. Like, stuff like that. That's fine. That's obvious. But when you go out of your way to, like, chirp a guy's wife because she's a little overweight because she just had a baby, like, you're a piece of garbage. Like, that is a dirtbag move. And I don't know if he's friends with Tanner Pearson. I don't know if they've, like, had a rivalry I don't know the backstory, but to do that, you're a piece of garbage. And if I ever saw you, I would sucker you. Or I wouldn't even sucker you. I'd, I'd go right up to your face and say, we're, we're going to go. And I, I don't know. I've always had this rule. Every team I've gone to, I said, listen, you can make fun of me. You can make fun of my family. Don't, don't touch my wife. Like, if, if you say anything derogatory towards her, we're going to have issues. And, I, you know, because guys don't make comments. And there's a few guys on every team's like, oh, look at Mrs. Scott looking good. Like, stuff like that. And you're like, no, that's it. Like, shut it down right now. And you'll give them that one pass. And if they do it again, then there will be a repercussion. So, I don't know. Do you have, like, a, a rundown of what he said? Maybe you can edit it just so some of the listeners who haven't heard it can kind of get a feel for what we're talking about. Because it just happened last night. Yeah, it was just released last night. But I mean, these comments have all happened in the last two months. So it's not like it's just like this thing from years ago when he was in college or juniors or whatever. Um, And this is dated March 11th, for example. So this is the Canucks Instagram account posted a picture of of Tanner Pearson greeting his wife and his baby, who's not even a year old. Um, And he sent this to his buddies and he said, look how fat Pearson's wife is, LOL. Yeah, it's just... It's really trashy, you know, and I don't know to go. And it's not like, listen, this Leipzig kid is not, you know, getting calls from Hollywood daily about his looks. He's an average looking dude. So to just pick fun at somebody else, I shouldn't even say that. I'm sure he's a good looking kid, but it just upsets me so much to, to go after somebody's wife after she just had birth. I don't know. It's just really, it's, it's, it's lowbrow humor, and it just really irks me. And I know people will say, well, it was in a private chat. Who cares? What if it's, it's, it's just a terrible thing to say? I don't know. Oh, that, that one irks me big time. Yeah. What else? What else did this kid say? So there's a couple about him talking about his line mates, like you said, where Hathaway and uh, Dowd, I think, had just recorded like a little mini podcast or something just to keep him busy, it looks like, um, called Between Two Blue Lines. And we're going to edit that part out because we don't want to be promoting any other podcasts on this <laughs> I one. Don't think it's Let's another... edit that out. <laughs> uh, 
Um, and so he posted that picture um, from the Capitals account to his buddies in the, in the group chat. And he goes, my line mates, can you imagine they're losers? F they're losers. So, you know, you talk about chirping your teammates, your buddies or whatever. I feel like it's one thing to chirp them to their face. And another thing to talk about their performance that night or their skill level or whatever and their frustration over like that a turnover or something. Yeah. To call them losers just in general. Like these are my line mates and they're absolute losers. Like that is not a chirp. <laughs> that is just like. That is just you're speaking your mind, you know. What that I mean? is a statement of fact. Yeah, where you don't like these guys. You don't like them personally, <laughs> not their hockey ability. This one, he's going to have some questions to answer for when he steps back in that locker room. Because yeah, if the season starts off like that's where we're, we're heading, what does he say to him? Go like, hey boys, you know, really excited to you know pass me the puck. I'm wide open back door. Give it to me. It's like not a chance, man. You just called us losers to all your other friends and now you want us to be your buddies like no absolutely not there's no coming back from this there's no way not with that locker room is there any other ones uh one more quick one jake verton and another young kid on the capitals team uh posted a picture i I don't recognize any of the guys in the group but five or six players and said what a crew hashtag cabo at the beach and he sent this to his buddies and said easily the worst crew in the world It's really funny that one, but again, you're <laughs> easily the worst crew ever. That guy doesn't like his team. No. He does not like his team at all. That um, that's actually really funny. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, he's he's a fourth line like grinder. He's like not the star who's who's stuck on the fourth line and he's frustrated. It's like you are not that talented. You're talking about your teammates like this, I know. And listen, you cannot. I've Every team I've been on, I've knocked, I've not liked a lot of guys. Not a lot. A few guys on every team, just you don't get along. But I've never sent it. And luckily, I grew up in the age where that social media stuff wasn't prevalent. So I, I didn't really get into it when I was in the later stages of my career. But that is a very dangerous thing to say when it's permanent. Like you send it to somebody, then they have it. That's on their phone forever. That is always going to be there. That's like when me and you text. I'm very aware of what I text because you never know me and you have a falling out. And the next thing I know I'm all over uh, the internet chirping somebody. So it's just a very real problem. And you think these kids would see what happens. It seems like every week someone's account is getting hacked and tweets are being leaked, whether it's pictures or derogatory stuff or comments or videos being taken in cabs when people don't even know like you are never safe unless you're in your own house locked in your bathroom with the shower turned on and you're in the shower that's the only time you can talk freely without fear of getting recorded because it's just it's it's a it's a society now where everybody records everything so just don't do it it just doesn't make sense it doesn't make sense. As funny as I think that little message is, that's going to ruin his Capitals career. He's done. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's absolutely done. Those guys are not going to want him in the locker room. He is not high enough on the food chain where he can be like, listen, hey, I said it, whatever. He's a fourth line schmuck like myself. And when you're in that role, you better get along with everybody or else you are out that door fast. We talked to McGratton. He's like, listen, I know I wasn't a good hockey player, but I was good in the locker room. The guys liked me. I only played five minutes a game, but man, I was valuable in that locker room. And 
every fourth line guy has to carry some of that. And he doesn't. So he's done. I think he's done. Well, who knows forever? Like those are some pretty bad comments. Yeah. I mean, what team's going to want to touch him? Cause it's not just like, even if you're not uh, associated with this or, you, or your team wasn't dug in by this guy, he broke a rule, right? Like you, you can't talk that way. And that's sort of like, I bet all the other players are like, well, I, I know Tanner Pearson or I played against Tanner Pearson. Nice guy. Like screw this Leipzig kid. Right. Yeah. Like, and, and what does Pearson say next time they play each other? He hopefully rips a clapper right to his teeth. Yeah. And doesn't say anything like that's one of the, un- <laughs> that's one of the things players do is you can't get a penalty for shooting a puck at somebody. So I've done that many, many times where it's like, all right, I'm going to fake a dump and try to rip it at the defenseman's like neck. just to send him a message (laughs) so it happens but um yeah he's done he is absolutely done he's a decent player like he put up decent points when he was in the league he's a good little player but man know your role and I know you're probably just chirping with your buddies who you grew up with back home but hopefully this is another lesson don't say anything and potentially the worst part of this whole thing is his his little you know, half-winded apology. Did you see that? Ugh. The, these apologies are just so they're they're not genuine whatsoever. It's just like a cookie cutter. Okay, I'm sorry. I'll try to learn from my mistakes. Um, I'm gonna move forward with this. I'm still young. Blah blah blah. It is what it is. He had to put something out to try to quell the the fire that was burning, but <clears throat> it didn't help at all. It did not help his cause. And then the Capitals put out something like, we're going to handle this internally, meaning they're going to talk to Ovechkin and Carlson and Backstrom. Did you really like this guy? And they're going to go, no, not really. All right, he's gone. See ya. See you later, Leipzig. I think he's done. I, I, I can't see him playing for the Capitals again when they start up. There's just too much. It's too much. They could potentially derail his entire career. Oh, for sure. And he's. it's a different situation than the Hoffman thing because – the Hoffman thing, that's, that's what I immediately thought of. It was his wife has it, having an issue with Carlson's wife. Like, Hoffman didn't say anything. So that's why he got shipped out. And Hoffman is a good player. And if he can get shipped out of Ottawa for something his wife said, you don't think this kid's going to get shipped out of Washington for something he said about his teammates? Not just one, multiple teammates calling a whole group of players the worst crew ever and calling his teammates losers? Like, no, they – and then, like, chirping other guys' wives. And I, and I, I thought there was more, but obviously we, we don't have them. So it's uh, – boys will be boys, but when you do that, you got to be very careful, especially these days, Tim. So I don't know what you do in your DMs, but watch your back. It's people true. Will, people will hack your account so fast. You can hack my account. I don't care. I got nothing in my DMs to hide at all. Go for it. Go for it. Actually, don't go for it. I don't, I don't even want to do that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so Leipzig going to be playing in the, uh, the KHL when hockey starts again. That's my, that's my guess. Yes, he will be overseas. That's a good prediction, Tim. Very good prediction. All right, we had some other news, too. With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds, hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. From their online casino to poker and blackjack, they are bringing Vegas to you. 
Are you missing the NFL? No problem. Bet Online has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you can bet on. You can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. All are open 24 hours a day and all online. Use promo code BLUEWIRE to join today and receive your new welcome bonus. I love a welcome bonus. I really do. Go to Bet Online, your online wagering solution. Yeah, well, uh, before I ask, I mean, have you been watching any of the the, the Last Dance documentary? With I have. I've been watching it slowly. I watched the first two episodes, and they were very interesting. Yeah. Very, very well done. So the guy who did that episode is the guy who is in control of my movie, Mike Tomlin. Hmm. Tolan, Mike Tolan, excuse me. So he, he was the one who initially approached me for the movie, and he was the one, one funding it. But now, like I said, we've sold it to a bigger company. But he's still involved in a way. He's like a producer. So he's in, involved in my movie. So pretty good sign because that yeah. last stance is pretty killer. Yeah, he knows how to tell a story. I mean, it's on. I think it's on Sunday nights. And it just dominates social media the entire night. And usually mm-hmm. the next day, people just, just salivate over these stories. And, mm-hmm. and footage yeah. they've been sitting on for like 25, 30 years. Um, well, it's because MJ. How smart from MJ they asked him, they said, listen, we want to tape this team. Is that okay? And he said, yeah, but I control all the footage. So if I never want to do anything with it, it just sits there. And that's what it's done. And so that I, I, I know this from kind of insider information just because I, I talked to my movie guys a couple of weeks ago. He said, yeah, they had to, MJ had to okay everything. And he pretty much edited everything and he was a big part of it. And he wanted to make sure all this stuff was edited and made him look good because he's a, controversial figure somewhat in some regards with what he's done whether it's going to baseball why do you do that is gambling side all this other stuff so i don't know they, they released at the perfect time like people are just going nuts over this yeah plus yeah i mean it's perfect timing like you said and all the stories of scotty pippen and just how eccentric oh, he is and i then... feel so bad i feel so bad for him poor guy <laughs> yeah. and the Drew- best the best story sorry to cut you off is when they're interviewing pippen i think it was episode two and they're they're talking about his foot surgery. He's like, "Well, I didn't want to ruin my summer with a bum foot, so I just partied all summer. Then had my surgery after the summer, and I missed the season." He's like, "I, I was dying laughing." It's like he's like, "I basically want to rip it up all summer and dance and party on my broken foot, and then get surgery right after the summer, so I don't have to play basketball for four months." It's so funny. It was refreshing to hear that. It was really <laughs> funny. Yeah, it was so good. And then his rivalry with Isaiah Thomas and the dream team and all this stuff is incredible storytelling. And I was thinking like, and you actually sent this tweet out the other day is what would be a good hockey equivalent to this documentary? And I think the obvious place everyone goes is, is Gretzky, right? The best basketball player of all time, best hockey player. I'm sure there are so many untold stories from Gretzky's career and his journey, especially with like the big trade and, and coming up and how he came into the NHL and, I think a lot of it's interesting. I think a lot of it's probably been told before, too. That's what I think. I feel like MJ was kind of this person who keep kept his cards close to the vest, where Gretzky, he just kind of – everybody knows everything about him. He wasn't yeah. shy about his feelings, about the trade. Like, that story has been, I think, done a few times. So I don't think he would be a good answer. Yeah. What do you, what do you think would make a good documentary? It's funny. I feel like 
all the star players, they get so much publicity. And you would have to go to a guy who's back in the day. A team that I really think would be interesting to do a show on is the old Islander teams. They won four cups in a row. They were just this rough and rowdy team. A guy like Bobby Clark, or I know he wasn't on those Islander teams, but him, I, I, he just came to my mind when they did that um, series against Russia when he broke that guy's ankle. Anyways, um, Bobby Clark or those Islanders team like a Troche or a Billy Smith, the goalie, or Clark Gillies. Like, I think those guys would be really interesting because, man, they, they won those cups the hard way where they had the talent, but they were also really hard-nosed. And I'm sure they had some great stories going into New York City after the win and stuff. I don't know. Th- that would be a sleeper pick for me. But along the lines of Gretzky, someone who I thought would be really interesting, and he kind of – followed Gretzky throughout his career. I talked about him before. I'm hoping I've been texting with him to get him on the show, but Marty McSorley, I think would be really, really interesting because he was a part of all those cups. He went with Gretzky from Edmonton to LA. And I think he lived the lifestyle a little more than Gretzky did. Whereas he was partying in LA with all the celebrities. I'm sure he's got great stories and he was in the trenches protecting Gretzky for better part of a decade. So I think that would be an interesting kind of documentary if they just followed him throughout his career and did like a once over of Marty McSorley. Cause he just, he was around so much greatness and he was a good player himself. I don't know. Uh, that would be my pick. I think that'd be interesting. M- mind you, I'm partial towards the fighters. Yeah. I mean, I think seeing some of those old, old style hockey for, for the modern hockey fan to see how much the game has changed and how tough it really was back then. I mean, that video from a couple of weeks ago with the, the clip of Lemieux, Lemieux and Yager oh, yeah. uh, cycling the puck and just getting slashed, hacked, shoved, cross-checked, and that was just what they lived through every time they stepped on the ice. Yeah, um, and it would be interesting to hear McSorley's take on the Brashear incident. Yeah. Because I've heard – we've talked about that before, me and him, in a personal conversation, but it'd be cool to get him on record because, to, to, you know, it was a bad situation, but there was a backstory to it, obviously, so – he just yeah. he just has a lot of stuff. He got sued by the the province, right? Like he just had a lot of stuff happen to him in his career. So that would be interesting. I, I was thinking, um, and this might sound like a lame answer, but I think it would be really cool to get undercover with the whole the Golden Knights, the Vegas Golden Knights expansion team that first year where they went to the Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy how quickly we've forgotten, but that's one of the best hockey stories of sports stories ever, ever. Just it's crazy to think about really this this team of, of rejects and, and leftovers from other from all other rosters around the league just putting doing something just it didn't make any sense they were just kept winning kept winning guys that were like second thir- you know third line players were putting up 40 goals on this roster and it just everything fell into place so perfectly and it's such a great cinderella story it'd be that great. would be a good one yeah yeah that would be a really really good one what would be interesting it's so funny i, I immediately go to well, they should film the visiting teams coming in and see what they did. <laughs> like follow them around kind of private eye style and be like, okay, what does a visiting team do when they're going to Vegas for the first time? What happens there? Like, does it affect their game? Cause obviously it did. Yeah. That'd be a good one. That would be a really, really good one. Yeah. How they were received by the fans, how hard it was to market the team, what they did in that regard to get people on their side meetings with hotels. Like, Hey, can you buy, a box and then give it away to you know high rollers and stuff like that because you know that's how it works in vegas baby these hotels buy up all these things and they just give them away you wouldn't understand that tim it's just a different level totally <laughs> hey, i've different been to level. vegas 
Yeah, you do um, the Monopoly Vegas where you pull tabs off the McDonald's cards and stuff. No, I stayed at the uh, the penthouse suite at the Flamingo when I was there. How did you get that? The $20 sandwich when we checked in. It worked. The room was empty and she gave it to us. You gave someone a $20 sandwich? Yeah. The person checking in? Yeah, when we checked in, we, it, was, it was a road trip we were on. It was the last night I was driving from Boston to San Francisco and Vegas was the last stop. And we were... This is, again, after like a week of driving across country, driving all day, out at night. We were just exhausted. And, and I normally would have kind of mm-hmm. said, let's, let's just take it easy tonight. But I'm like, it's Vegas. I'm probably never going to come here again. And we didn't check in until 9, 30, 10 o'clock. And, uh, and she checked us in. She was like, just the two of you? We're like, yeah, me and my cousin. And uh, she gave us the penthouse suite. Two floors, just amazing balcony view, like incredible, incredible. I'll send you some pictures. Um, so it got us all riled up. So we, we went out all night, of course. So this is like incredible. It was, it was what is, where does the $20 sandwich come into play? When you check in, you give her $20 as a little tip. And then, you, and then if something's available, they'll, they'll hook you up. And she did. Why did I hear sandwich? It's just the $20 sandwich. Like when you, it's, it's like with your credit card, you, you slide $20 with your credit card. So it's like tucked in like a little sandwich basically. Oh boy. You and your a lot of lingo, John. You gotta keep up. So cool. If you ever go to Vegas, just stick with me. I'll show you around. I'll, I'll tell you what's up. We will chalk this one up with the Man Rockets and all these other squad and the twenty dollars sandwich, the Tim Hortons burger <laughs> specials. All right. Well, good. I'm glad you got treated right there. But yeah, that'd be a good one. I just thought of another one. Now I, oh, Mario Lemieux. I think he's the obvious pick. Yeah, because of yeah. all the stuff he went through coming back and having such success. I think he would be the obvious one. And he really hasn't had much stuff done on him, as far as I know. A couple little shows here and there, but nothing really in-depth. And I think he's the only, like, superstar that didn't, hasn't written, like, an autobiography yet. Yeah. Like, he did, or did, Iserman, all those guys have. Um, I did, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I think he would be the obvious pick, but, you know, Vegas would be good. Marty McSarley kind of following the Oilers around. That'd be a good one. And, you know, there's a lot of guys who I feel like would be interesting throughout the ages. You can go back a long time ago, do one on um, Guy Lafleur. I'm sure those days with the Canadians are pretty wild, you know, back in the day. That'd be fun to listen to. So It was cool to hear some of those stories from uh, our buddy a couple weeks ago there. Who? Nyland Nux? Yeah. Yeah. Even on him, he's got a heck of a story. Growing up with um, Whitey Bulger in Boston in your stomping ground, the Southie area. Yep. Super tough. That's why you got so tough, I think, Tim, growing up in Southie. Yeah, you had to be. There's there's no worry around it. It's either you die or you survive. The average age of death in the south end of Boston is 15. South end and Southie are two different areas of the city. Whatever. You either die at 15 or you die at 80. That's it. There's only two ages you die. Because you either make it or you don't. You made it. You got a good 65 years ahead of you. Can't you got, wait. You got until 80. Can't wait. Hey, look at you now, baby. Sky's the limit for you. So did you see that uh, Joe Ward retired? I did. I thought he retired last year. I was, <laughs> I was a little surprised. I was like, Wardo, I didn't even know you were playing still. Yeah, good for him. He, talk about a kind of, I don't want to say rags to riches because he was never rags, but he took the very, very difficult path of Canadian University to make it to the NHL. Not many guys do that. So he's a good player, like a good player and even a better guy in the locker room. So good for him. He played almost a thousand games. He really worked on his craft and worked on his game to 
turn himself into a pretty decent hockey player. Yeah, he wrote a good article, too, with the, the Players' Tribune. Um, just talking about how many times he almost quit. And, uh, you know, you, everyone has stories like that. You do, too. And uh, just working with a coach in, in college and getting a call to Houston just like you did. So you guys kind of came up together a little bit. And, and he's yeah. had a good career, 726 games. And he had some big goals in the playoffs with the Capitals, too. Yeah, he he was one of those guys who had the talents. But all it is is opportunity because he never got drafted. He was older they gave everyone else a chance before they gave him a chance just because you have to kind of protect your investment. And when he finally did get that opportunity, he took advantage of it. He played well, and then he took off. So the hardest thing for a young undrafted player is just to get that foot in the door, get that opportunity, get someone to say, Hey, let's call him up or let's take a look at him rather than the fifth, fourth rounder who are going to get that chance first because they're your property and you got to kind of mold them and you pick them. If you're a scout, you're like, I picked him. I want to look good. So I'm going to do everything I can to get X player to the NHL over this guy. Who's an undrafted free agent. So good on him. One of the, one of the better undrafted players in recent memory who, who has made it. Did you send him a text? No, I don't think I have his number. I played with them. Gosh, 10 years ago. So yeah. we, we've fallen away pretty hard, but good for him. Wardo. like the guy. Big, big red stripe fan. I remember drinking with him in Houston, him and Sean Bell. It's funny how black guys, when they're on the same team, they always hang around with each other. Is that racist? I don't know. We'll have to dig into that. We'll dig into that another time. But yeah, they, they were always palling around together, and I kind of hung around with them a lot. It was me, Joe Ward, Sean Bell, Ben Thompson, and who was the other guy? He was a big, tall defenseman. His name is escaping oh. me. I know you're talking Clayton Stoner. No, not Stoner. I no, not a chance. He hung around with Benoit Pouliot and Eric Reitz. They were not in my crowd. They they were the going out to the club crowd. I was more of the let's go to someone's house and get a couple cases of beer and play cards and play. We used to play Family Feud on the TV. It was so fun. Gosh, what was his name? I want to say like Luddington or Ludwig or Ludd or something. Anyways, those good times. Minor league entertainment. Get a case of high life and go to your room and drink it and play cribbage and play video games. Nice. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, did you text uh, jumbo this week at all? When you saw the beard? I did not. You saw the video. I'm though, so right? busy. I saw the, the little thing they made. I'm just so busy. I can't do it. But yeah, the beard is gone. He looks totally different. It's <laughs> so bizarre. So and he's so, so strange. I love that. He does it with no shirt on. I know. <laughs> How cool is that backdrop, though? That's on his patio in his backyard in San Jose. That's so cool. Like, he's got an unbelievable setup back there. The, the infinity pool overlooking San Jose with the big patio. Oh, man, we had a couple team parties there. It was unbelievable. Like, so cool. But is he going to be back? Is, that, is he done? No, I think he's not done. I don't know. I, I hope he comes back. I hope I he comes too. back. Yeah. And poor Patty Marlowe still finally going to have his chance with the Penguins and He's still working out right now. He still thinks he's going he's gonna to win a cup. I hope if they come back, that's my team I'm rooting for, the Penguins. I'm rooting for them. I've always liked Malkin. I thought he's you know, a good player with a good attitude. I like him. I hope they win. That's my, that's my horse if the playoffs resume. I'm, I'm going for the Penguins. Okay. What? Uh, You're going to go for the Bruins? Uh, yeah, my favorite team. Shocker. They signed Halak to a one-year deal. Yeah, it's good. See you later, Rask. No, stop. See you later, two backup player. 
Yeah, no. back up. Back Rask up is worse than Halak. Fact. Look up the stats. Way worse. Anyway, all right. Let's close <laughs> it out with a another Hall or Not segment. Cue the intro music. Hall or Not. There it is. Very good. Okay, so we we covered <laughs> we covered a bunch of players so far. Very um, good. The next one we're going to cover is a goalie. No. No. Oh, sorry, I, I'm jumping the gun. Oh yeah. Hall or not, Henrik Lundqvist. Oh yeah, I think so. Yes. Excuse me. I think yes. What I do don't even know. I don't even know his stats. Just based on his career. He's been in the league a long time. I played with him. He's such a good goalie. He's one of the, if not the best goalie I've played with, definitely top two. He's so good. So I, I say a hard yes on him. And I don't even know his stats. I'm sure he's got a couple of Vesnas. I'm sure he's won a bunch of games. I'm assuming his save percentage is through the roof because he played for all those John Tortorella teams in New York who just pride themselves on defense and they don't allow any shots and you better get in the lane or you're not playing. And you have plastic all over your body, so you go out to block a shot, and you're like a tank, and nothing hurts you. And um, he didn't see many shots. So I, I'll say a hard yes on Henrik Lundqvist because he's played for so long, and he's played at such a high level for so long. He was yeah. the best player at that position for a lot of years. So, yes. Yeah. Um, he, if you had to guess, how many Vezinas do you think he won? Three. He only won one. One. 2012, he was nominated five times. Yeah. Um, the big knock against him, of course, is never winning a cup. Never winning a cup. Yeah, that's yeah. the big. That's see, that's not against him. That's the knock against the the management there. They did put some good teams together. They had some good runs. Gosh, when I was there, we went to the Eastern Conference Finals. So this never came together. They always came up against some pretty good teams, whether it was the Washingtons or the Pittsburghs, or when we lost the Devils, Martin Brodeur, and those those teams. So it just never worked out for him. Hey, he's still playing. You never know. You never know. They should deal him, send him to Boston. There you go. There's your goalie. So I think a hard yes on Lundqvist. Like a hard yeah. yes. I think he's a first ballot getting in. I hope so. He deserves it. He does. And he's super handsome. He's very handsome. He can shred on the guitar too. And he puts the butts in the seats. And he wears gardener gloves when he plays goalie. It's so strange. I heard. When I yeah. saw that, I was like, what are you doing? He's like, it helps me feel the puck better. It protects my hand a little bit. I don't know. I'm like, you're weird, man. Weirdo. Goalies yeah. have to be weird. Not all of them. I guess the, the good ones are. But, yes, he's in. I, I full-heartedly believe he'll be a first ballot Hall of Famer. I was going to bring up a guy like um, Hosa, Marion Hosa. Mm. Does he get in? He's got 1,000 points, 1,300, almost 1,200 points, excuse me. Won a bunch of cups, set the record for going to Stanley Cups game sevens and losing in a few years. Uh, I don't know. Five all-star game appearances, 525 goals. What do you think on Hosa? He's won a few individual awards. I think he won the Selkie a few times. Gosh, it's, you're right. He's so underrated because my, my mind immediately goes to like, no, Hall of pretty good. He's, he's right there with those guys, but not quite at that level. But when you think about his, his raw talent and, his, and the numbers he put up, Three Stanley Cups. International success. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think he's first ballot, but he could be. He could be in. I know. He falls in the same category as the Getzlaff argument. Yeah. So he was never the best player on his team at any given time. Like, he was never like, we got to shut down Hosa. 
He always had, he was on Pittsburgh. He was on Detroit. He was on Chicago where he had other guys around him who were better in other ways at scoring. So you focused on the Taves, the Crosby's, the Datsuks, the Zetterbergs, those guys. So <clears throat> my heart says yes, but my mind's telling me no. No, um, maybe. He, he's, a, he's a maybe. You'll eventually get in probably like his third or fourth year on the ballot. Yeah. That's the way I see it. Yeah. But he's, not, he's not a first. Yeah, he's not a first ballot. Yeah, there you go. We did two in one day. Whoa. I think we're getting ahead. That's too much. We're getting ahead of ourselves. I had a little, a little gripe I wanted to share. I just thought of it. So I've been leaving the house a little bit just to get groceries. I go to Home Depot to get, you know, supplies for my house renovation, which is going really well, by the way. I just bought bricks this week and I'm going to build the hearth. Um, hopefully tomorrow. Um, I go out and I see people wearing masks and they wear it over their mouth and they don't cover up their nose. Yeah. And I'm just looking at them and I just stop and I go, what is the, what is the deal here? It doesn't like, it doesn't make sense to me that they just have it draped haphazardly over their mouth. And this is before we had to wear um, masks. So like I'm talking, I saw this two, three, four weeks ago when people mostly didn't wear masks and you did see the, the select few wearing them. And some people would still have it just over their mouth. I'm like, what are, you do- what are we doing here? Like your nose has holes in it and it breathes. So let's figure this out in America. I just thought it was funny. I'm like, you guys are, like, you guys are doing something wrong here. Moron. <laughs> I was just, I just thought it was funny. And I also thought like, what's the deal? Like if you do have coronavirus and you're giving it to me because you're too lazy to shove that mask up over your nose, I'm annoyed. So anyways, I thought that was pretty funny. Then it got to me thinking like, what do you really lo- like? What annoys you, but what really makes you feel good? And I was like, you know what I really enjoy doing is cleaning my ears. <laughs> I love, I love digging in there with a the Q-tip. I'm not even kidding you. I, I do it conservatively every other day. And I'm sure it's bad for you. I'm sure I'll get some flack or whatever. Someone will send me an article saying you should never clean your ears. I love it. It makes me feel so good. I do it a few times a week. Oh, it's, doesn't it feel so good? Especially when you dig out like, a, oh, yeah. <laughs> I love it. it. It's just one of those little little pleasantries in life that you can do on your own. It takes like a couple minutes. It's great. A couple minutes, a couple seconds. A couple minutes. <laughs> I don't know. I just thought of that. And when you pump gas, I like the smell of gas. Do you like the smell of like freshly cut grass and mulch and all that's tar? Yeah. New driveway? I, um, not tar. Mulch. I, I was knees deep in mulch yesterday. I, it doesn't set off my senses like a good ga- gasoline huff will. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. When I pull up to that gas station, I am firing out that door as quick as I can just to smell me some deep gasoline, breath. baby. Deep breath. Oh, yeah. And then I get in the car and I'm all lightheaded. I don't know why, but it feels good. <laughs> that's funny oh boy all right tim let's get out of here i gotta go see what the kids are doing the house isn't burning down any closing thoughts um no it's a, it was actually a good week for talking points because we did have some information from hockey thanks brandon lapis lapisic leipzig you leipzig. loser appreciate the content buddy keep it up keep it up in the khl um but other than that no stay safe Hopefully we can get out and see each other soon. Looks like it's trending that way. So, by the way, one we'll more see. closing thought on Leipzig. He's and this is 
just a fact. He's been on five teams in five years. Yeah, that speaks volumes. It does, well, doesn't it? I should I should talk. <laughs> Glass house, John. Glass house. But yeah, he won't um he won't be in the league much longer. Sorry, buddy. Big mistake. Should have kept those uh what does it say? If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything nice at all. That's right. Brandon. All right, everybody. I hope you're doing safe. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it. And uh, we will talk to you next week. Cheers. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter at dropping underscore gloves for episode highlights, behind the scenes content, sneak peeks, and giveaways. Check out johnscottallstar.com slash shop for merchandise, including T-shirts, hats, hoodies, and so much more. And please, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It's so important to helping us grow so we can keep delivering the hockey content and interviews with the players you love. Thanks, and see you next time.